0: You happy, Blair? You don't look happy. But do I look good? Hello and welcome to Brett Easton Hell Yes, the podcast that takes a deep dive into the works of Brett Easton Ellis. I am your host Katie Wright and I have two different guests on this episode. In the first part of this episode, I'm going to talk to Emma Wolgast, my good friend. Uh, And then in part two, uh, my dear friend and dare I say brother, Sean Wright, uh, who was my guest for the Less Than Zero book episode, uh, is going to join us again so we can kind of follow up uh, and compare our, our thoughts of the book to our thoughts of the movie. All right, here we go with part one with Emma Wolgast hello and welcome to brett easton hell yes the podcast where every week we take a deep dive into one of the works of controversial author brett easton ellis I am your host, Katie Wright, and we are entering into an exciting new phase of the podcast this week. We have completed the books. We have said everything that there is to say about the books, and now we are moving into film adaptations and film works of Reddy Stanellis. So today, joining me is uh, the lovely Emma. I meant to ask you for sure how to pronounce your last name. Walgast. Walgast. That was my first first guess, but then I thought it could be Wolgast. Um, has it's kind a, of however you want it. <laughs> okay. Has anybody ever told you that wallgast kind of sounds like podcasts? No. And that you should start a podcast called The Wallcast. I'm gonna edit that that's out. A good, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's a recommendation.
1: Honestly. Um, Emma, The Wallcast. The Wallcast. The podcast.
0: Podcast. That's that's, that's better. That's I think. Bo- yeah. Okay. Hi. Please have me on the podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Eva, you are an artist and Correct. you are uh, a writer.
1: I am a cartoonist, yeah. You're
0: a cartoonist. So, so that's artist plus writer. Right. It's like a combination <laughs> of both. Yeah. Um are you working on anything right now? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm working on a long
1: form comic right now. It's about um, it's called Meanwhile in Suburbia. That's sort of the working title. It's about a bunch I of like kids. It. In a suburban neighborhood who are trying to find a party. It's like super bad, except I wrote it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Super Bad is missing. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> cool. Yeah.
0: Um, so uh, we, we will get into the movie Lesson Zero in a moment, but first I want to ask you
1: what was your history with Brett like going into this? In 10th grade, I think, or maybe it was 11th, um, a bunch of my friends got together when we watched American Psycho. And then my friend bought face masks after that. So. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: w- were they being like s- a little bit like sarcastic? Like, was it were they ironic face masks? It was sort of like, like ironic, oh, but I. he also
1: really cared about his skin. <laughs> okay. So I think like the, the scene where he like peels the face mask off was. was a, a good moment. Yeah, it was a good <laughs> moment. And he like wanted to recreate it, but also he's just really into like skincare.
0: So doing that. like doing a Patrick Bateman homage is a good cover for a, <laughs> yeah. for a man who's sure ashamed <laughs>
1: that yeah. he wants to take but his I skin. never read the book or any of his other works before this so.
0: cool I think the American Psycho film is has been the first introduction to him of every single person that yeah. I've spoken to yeah. <laughs> oh except I guess my brother is hella old so this uh-huh. mov- this movie was his first introduction he saw it, yeah because he oh. saw it before American Psycho the movie had even come
1: out wow.
0: um so I'm sorry <laughs> so um and you read the book just for this podcast I did I did I wanted Man. to be
1: informed I work at a bookstore you as do. you may know I do <laughs> and um everybody always says that the book is better than the movie and yeah so far I have not seen any, anything that contradicts that. So. <laughs> so you would not say that this is a case that
0: contradicts that? Definitely not. <laughs> um, okay, so we're mostly going to be talking about the movie, but we can right. talk about the book a little bit first. What do you contrast, think of the book? Yeah, I
1: really actually enjoyed the book. Um, I, I like, uh, as mentioned before, I feel like a deep interest in, in suburban and suburban kids. I think this isn't so much about suburban kids so much as like city kids um but i feel like clay kind of lives he's always talking about the valley and so yeah he goes like, to the mall a lot yeah, so it has yeah. the feeling it's like, it's like it's like if it's like too much money they have too much money um, but i really enjoyed like it just the first person narrative like and how withdrawn he was from everything mm-hmm. sort of just like a ghost walking through his own life yeah um, and just, like, the the dialogue, I wish I had the text on me so that I could refer to things, but the dialogue is really, really good. You can, I can give um, you my copy if you want. Yeah, maybe we'll Do you want it. To- <laughs> <laughs> But, um, Sorry, I, you know, you. like, it was sort of, I wasn't, I always get critiques in, like, writing classes. Like, you use the word dude too much, and to see, like, a professional writer <laughs> write a story, and they say dude all the time it's <laughs> sort of, like, validating, I guess, Yeah. That's how that's how people talk. It is how people talk. That's how people in the valley talk, especially. So Mm. I thought it was a really good. I mean, I wasn't in in the valley in the '80s, um, but I think it was like a really good, like, picture of that time and place. Yeah,
0: it feels like a slice of life, right? Yeah, like definitely. I didn't know any rich people when I was a teenager, but I'm still like, yeah, this is how (laughs) rich teenagers definitely how it went, especially in LA. So yeah. Um, um how'd you feel about like some of the horrific things that happened in the book?
1: You know, I was, like, definitely shocked. I can't imagine, like, anybody does that much cocaine. <laughs> like, especially not at 18. Yeah. But, like, I guess it's, like, a reality, probably. Uh, not my reality. Right. But, uh, <laughs>
0: the way uh, the way Brett Easton Ellis talks about his youth, it definitely sounds like that was a reality was for a reality. him. Wow. Yeah. That's like, yeah, odd. Like, like, I don't know enough about cocaine amounts to really know <laughs> what this means. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he'll... But he'll he like will say this thing of like oh yeah when I was younger I would like have my dealer on the phone and I'd be like uh can we get two eight balls and then I'd turn to everybody else and be like and what do you guys want (laughs) which sounds like it's the cocaine equivalent of being like um two large pepperoni pizzas and what did you guys want but I've never done a drug so I don't
1: know (laughs) that's fair um yeah I just like I I like I believe it it was it was told in in a believable way and it wasn't it was sort of like like when i read outsiders i was like nobody lives alone like this and then i like <laughs> became an adult and i was like oh lots of people not, like <laughs> live like this, like, this is just, um so it was just like the i i it felt true it felt uh, honest or yeah. earnest
0: yeah totally um so this book or this movie uh it's a little bit different from the book (laughs) it's only different in terms of plot and character and tone yeah (laughs) (laughs) events
1: yeah (laughs) um (laughs) maybe they were like oh that's a good title i'm gonna make this other movie yeah
0: (laughs) yeah so what i have heard from i listened to the brady stanellis podcasts um and i've also read some interviews with him there was apparently there was a different script at first there was like an adaptation that was going to be much more true to the book Mm -hmm. and then like the kind of like just say no or like dare campaign like nancy reagan 80s happened like right when they were in production for this movie and it was like not financially viable to to have any like depiction of drug use that wasn't basically a psa right (laughs) so they did like
1: huge rewrites and, yeah. and this is the movie that they came out with that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, doesn't justify it at all, but <laughs> it totally makes sense. That was one of my like biggest concerns as those... was the character was Clay's character. Yeah, let's talk about how Clay is different in the movie from the book cuz he's pretty different. I just like th- I hated so much that they were trying to make him some type of hero. Mhm. And that he was like just trying to like protect everybody when really he like couldn't he can't the thing that was like so glaring in the text and then we don't see we don't see him speaking to his therapist at all which yeah i thought there i think there are only like one or two moments in the text where he's speaking with his therapist but those are like really they're like big moments big moments where he's like what about me right yeah <laughs> This is like, the whole thing is like, yeah. been about him, but, like, he's not, like, he's just not connecting to yeah. himself. Like, so he doesn't, like, recognize how selfish, like, he's being and everyone around him is being. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like without that, we don't get to see, like, inside the character. And then he doesn't do it. Like, he doesn't do any cocaine. That's, like, it's like yeah. a major thing. <laughs> like, that's why he's connected to all of these drug dealers. That's right. why, like, Rip and... Who is Trent? I can never, like, Trent. Trent, Trent like didn't friend, make it right? into the movie. But yeah, Trent. But yeah, Trent Trent's, Trent's just, just like one friend. of his friends. So it's like Rip and Julian are the two major drug dealers.
0: Uh, Julian, I don't think Julian's a drug dealer. Okay. He's a drug addict. Okay. And he starts doing sex work.
1: Who deals to Julian?
0: Rip. So in, like, the, in the movie, it's Rip. Right. In the book, Julian's dealer is also his pimp. Right. Um, Finn,
1: Finn, but that guy didn't make it in the movie. Okay. He just got kind of absorbed rather like, rather into like Rip. Two bad guys. Yeah, um, yeah. It really, it, it just bothered me how clean Clay was because, not that he's like an evil character in the book, but there's just like no good. And then they just sort of like turned him into this like love fool where right? like he yeah. was like totally indifferent to Blair in the book. Like they're just right. sort of like, yeah, they old took sweethearts or whatever. Yeah,
0: they like. Took everything that was like interesting and made the like made the book distinct from other just, works, and just were like, let's make that actually just make it like every other movie that's ever come before. It
1: was just so boring. Right? It was it, just so boring. You know, it is <laughs> it is boring. It was, just, it was just like really, really like, like all the things that made it really really interesting. They like had to cut out. And yeah. Then, i was like what am i watching i couldn't (laughs) even follow the dialogue i didn't care to follow the dialogue the thing that like really interested me the most in the text yeah i didn't care about it all in the film
0: yeah yeah and um i heard on the bready stinella's podcast this is an older episode Mm -hmm. from a couple years ago and his guest was actually andrew mccarthy who played clay okay and they were talking about like how why the movie was a failure (laughs) um And he was like, Brett was like, yeah, you know, the first, like the first couple minutes in the theater, he was like, I don't know, 23 when this movie came out because he was a kid when he wrote the book. Um, He was like, the first couple minutes in the theater, I was like excited about the novelty of seeing my work on the screen. But then I was very quickly like, there's not a single word from the book in this movie.
1: (laughs) And I think that like the second that it started playing and they weren't on the freeway, Yeah. I was like, this is going to be bad. (laughs) Because, like, they just totally, they just didn't understand what it was about. Yeah. Like, that it was, like, a picture of a place and not some sort of, like, teen drama.
0: Right, yeah. So they made this, like, the, like, the heart of the movie is, like, the evils of drug addiction right. and like the redemptive power of friendship friendship, yeah. <laughs> friendship and love yeah, I was like- <laughs> and like the heart of the book is like deep like apathy yeah. in the face of like horrible evil <laughs> and like an like an inability to to like step in and even the most clearly black and white, like terrible situation, uh, there <laughs> it's it's very strange. There's very little connection like between the two.
1: it, and like this sort of like Lana Del Rey, California to die, totally. sort of like, like all of these kids have like too much money, too much free time, and like too like access too much access to drugs and like mm-hmm. and, but not enough love like their <laughs> parents don't care about them yeah and they don't care about each other yeah and they just like are they don't care about their bodies like they they're just destroying everything like everything in their sight and they like, and they're unhappy and they don't know why right uh, and they're not doing anything to fix that and then this book this movie was just like <laughs> high like high school <laughs> friends are like torn apart by so like <laughs> cheating and like i don't remember like god so julian i don't remember julian sleeping maybe that happened but it wasn't like a major plot point in, yeah. in the text yeah
0: i don't think that happens in the book but if it did like definitely definitely nobody cared yeah <laughs> because, they wouldn't care because everybody's fucking everybody yeah, all the time just, like
1: sort of like going around like they, they don't they don't have the capacity to care they don't have right. that sort of like um ownership of each other. they don't like believe in that yeah like and not in like a like polyamorous way but just in an apathetic way they're just an apathetic group of, of children right yeah
0: yeah and they're they are like kind of orphaned in the book yeah. like their parents really aren't much of a presence yeah. if they are it's like oh blair's dad is like fucking this 18 year old actor or whatever um or it's like uh somebody's like studio executive dad is like hitting on Kim right. like they're not they're not like a paternal presence yeah. when they're around yeah, they're yeah. just like creeps um but in the movie there we get like a couple different scenes of like son I yeah. just don't know yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're going I can't trust you anymore Julian yeah,
1: see, and that was like like the weird part where they're like hugging Mm -hmm. Where he's like, Mm oh, your son. Like, that was, there's, that doesn't exist. (laughs) Like, that sort of love is not something that you see. And I think just, like, overall, they gave... Robert Downey Jr.'s character, which is Julian, way too much screen time. Yeah. They made him a major plot point. He is not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But also, like, can you imagine if that movie had less Julian? Like, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like Robert Downey Jr. was like the only one yeah. acting.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely agree that he was like definitely acting in a different film. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I think the scene that stood out, like, it was like him when he was talking to his dad and like mm. he was like, I'll try to be clean. His dad's like, that's all. I ask and then them hugging that was like the most acting done in that film
0: (laughs) yeah in a good way or a bad way you think it was like over Uh, no I don't think it was
1: overacted I think that was just like the only like only genuine moment in the film where like people were acting and like reacting and (laughs) yeah like trying like pretending to be human yeah I really who's the, the actor's name Robert Downey Jr. Oh, Andrew McCarthy. Andrew McCarthy. McCarthy, I think he was like like one not the right like wrong right person to play that character. No, totally not. And then, two, just he just did a bad job. He (laughs) he
0: did. I really, I really
1: like Andrew McCarthy, but he did do a bad job. I just (laughs) think everybody was wrong. I think like Blair off the bat was just like emotional and like annoying. Yeah, and like. a way that uh, was, like, not what I thought she would be like in the... Yeah, so what did you think she would be like based on the book? Based on the book, I didn't think she would be so obvious. Like, do you ever think about Right. Mommy? <laughs> like, she's, like, sort of, like, cooler about Yeah, totally.
0: It. Much cooler. That's, yeah. like, my big thing is yeah. that she seems cooler she in the book. She was
1: just, like, so obnoxious in the film. And there was yeah. just, like, so... Much attempted like passion in the film. Like they were just there was like just between so between Clay. I know that, <laughs> that
0: was <laughs> a big thing that I noticed too. There was so much tongue, so much tongue, it close made, ups of
1: French kisses. It made me like just not want to have sex ever again. I was like, yeah, this is. <laughs> and I like, and then it just took me out of the film. I was just thinking about like these young actors who were like having it like. Like, if, you, if you're thinking about an actor having to act while you're watching a movie, they're probably doing that kind of a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Like, yeah.
0: Oh, what about that sex scene where she's, like, wearing the leather jacket while she's on top of him? Yeah. And it's just, like, the repetitive motion yeah. of her on top of him, and it
1: goes on for so long. I was watching it with a friend, <laughs> and they, was, like, they would, like, cut to her on top, and then they would, like, cut to, like, her grinding, but we couldn't yeah. tell, like... My friend at one point was like, what are we looking I know, at? I because know, I like, know, yeah. couldn't really tell. It wasn't until, like, Clay moved his hand or whatever that we were like, right. oh, that's a stomach. Right, like, yeah. you had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, just not well shot. Like, yeah, it was just, like, <laughs> okay. and then there was, like, the party scene. Like, I, that was one thing that really stuck out to me was, like, the one um, where he, like, hooks up with that girl, but they don't actually, like, touch each other, or they just, like... <laughs> where Clay hooks up with the girl yeah where like she like makes him wear his sunglasses they like go to her room Uh and then she like takes a shower (laughs) and then he like she makes him wear his sunglasses and then they like masturbate but like across the room right (laughs) yeah and then she like kicks him out yeah (laughs) and then like Blair leaves like I think after that Blair leaves a note she's like I hope it was like you had fun Mm -hmm. and that's like the type like Blair is like not gonna like cry and be like did you have a good time like she's gonna be like cause like she's apathetic and withdrawn as well yeah even though like she she has whatever feelings towards Clay Mm. she's not gonna like make a big deal because no they don't have the emotional capacity to make big deals out of anything
0: totally and And they're totally like in a in a culture like in a in a space where like it's not cool to make a big deal out of anything Yeah, yeah 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 like that's kind of one of the big points of the book is that like they're all so emotionally like stunted they can't yeah like they can't have a big reaction even if they
1: should yeah and I think like that that was sort of that was sort of like a weird moment in the text because like there's it's still like sexual but there mm-hmm. or but there's no but there was no touching which mm-hmm. I think like says a lot about like what they're doing there's just like there's just no intimacy mm-hmm. and then they sort of like took that away in the film where they're like in like a basketball court or something i don't even know they're on a party <laughs> somewhere there's like a chain link fence <laughs> and she's wearing like a like fluffy skirt and i like and like bad casting too because i couldn't tell like i thought it was blair at first yeah uh, totally like, because right. like the scene before was like him doinking blair like, <laughs> it's, like really
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> really confusing
0: yeah so um okay so let's start at the beginning of this movie okay and go through it a okay. little bit chronologically the high school so we yeah we graduation. start with high school graduation and blair and clay and julian are three little peas in a pod and they're full of hopes for the future clay and blair are both about to go off to college Julian is staying in L.A. to be a record producer, <laughs> which bad writing, is not good. <laughs> it's bad writing. And this, um, Brett said, was like a very late addition to the script. <laughs> like it was added at the last minute to try right. to make Julian
1: seem like not a deadbeat. Yeah. Seem like
0: more likable. Yeah. Um, and my, like the big thing that jumped out at me was like how charismatic Robert Downey Jr. is in yeah. that opening scene and how that's like the only thing carrying it yeah like imme- just like immediately starting out in this movie you're like okay Robert Downey Jr.'s charisma is gonna be like my only life preserver
1: yeah to get through this when I was watching it we started it and then my friend and I were talking and I realized that I'd missed everything so I was <laughs> like oh man we better start this over again and we started over it we started it over again and then I don't like I can't, it's so boring, and we talk through everything again, and I was like, it doesn't, it doesn't even matter, like, <laughs> this isn't even in the book, like, I don't know what this is.
0: That's so funny. I honestly, like, I've seen this movie a couple times, um, I never really t- choose to seek it out, but, like, life just keeps happening, right, you know? Right. Um, and, um, I haven't seen it in a few years, and I, my memory of it was that it was, like, god awful yeah um but honestly like revisiting it today i was like you know what this is fine (laughs) (laughs) not good certainly not good but i think it's like a real middle of the road like if you're not expecting it to be like the book if you don't have those expectations and you're just approaching it as some random 80s movie it's
1: okay (laughs) i guess i just like don't have a very like, wide range of experience with 80s films. <laughs> uh, I don't yeah. think this one's very good. I mean, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's fine. Like, I think the story's all over the place. I mean, I, I That's know. fair. I, it's just... But I also... I also really, really enjoyed the book. And yeah. was... Are they remaking it? Is, is there... It's rumors. It's on it. the table. Okay, so it was cool. going to
0: be it was going to be in production as a series at Hulu, mm-hmm. but then Hulu announced that they were not going to pick it up. But so. now on IMDb it says that it's in production as a made-for-TV movie. So I guess they're giving up. They're pivoting that pilot hmm. into a TV movie. Pivoting that pilot, Pivotin that pilot, baby! <laughs> you gotta pivot that pilot. This is Hollywood. Get
2: <laughs> <laughs> that I think,
1: Get that money. I don't know that like uh, a TV series. I guess, I guess it would work. I think that was one of the things that I enjoyed about the text, too, was that it was in chapters that made it, like, break break it up. and it, like it was, Super short chapters. Yeah, I enjoyed that because um, it, it sort of, like, vignetted the scenes. Yeah. And, like, I think if you're, like, telling stories about L.A. and you're telling stories about kids that are on drugs, like, that is a good, like, tool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think in that way, like, a TV series would be cool. Um, I just don't know that it would work. Yeah. I mean...
0: It would probably have to be a mini series. Yeah. I
1: think a mini series would be cool, like an but, ongoing. Thing yeah, but
0: yeah, years. if it's a TV series, like three
1: 90-minute segments.
0: Yeah. Hulu, hit me up. You could. <laughs> yeah. I have ideas. Hit him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole. I mean, yeah, the book is so short that in three 90-minute segments, you could probably hit like pretty yeah. much everything that happens in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know where this. Has I been. just like
1: the thing. I was just like, I wish they had paid better attention to casting. There were a couple of things that really stuck out to me. Stood out to me? Stuck out? Stuck out? (laughs) Stuck out? out.
0: What stuck out the most?
1: Um, Well, it was just like the things that he kept repeating. Like every time Clay would meet a new person, he'd be like, oh, it's a boy, he's tan, he's blonde. Right, yeah. Like those things. Oh, and the other thing that was like so obnoxious that wasn't present at all was like the function of MTV.
2: Mm, like, yeah.
1: Every every chapter, he'd be like, I I put on like cha- put on MTV. I turned <laughs> off MTV. I went to her house. They were all watching MTV. I sat down and watched MTV. <laughs> yeah. And like, I just thought that was like such a good marker or like a, like a time stamp, like or just like a time waster, like a way <laughs> for them to like connect to each other without connecting to mm, each other. It was like yeah. a way to connect without connecting. Yeah. And then like. It just, they just didn't, they just didn't make this movie cool. It just wasn't cool. The book is really cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the movie is comparatively extremely square. Yeah. But, like, I don't, I don't really know, like, what the film landscape was at that point. It might be cooler than than other movies that were coming out at the time. Because it's got, you know, Teens Doing Blow. It's got Robert Downey Jr. sucking a guy's dick.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, not as much time to spend on that as I would like
1: for my personal reasons. Like, no, but he didn't even get it. He just Clay walked into the room and he like threw himself against the wall. Yeah, i was like, come on, man. Yeah, put the camera on it. <laughs> put the camera on. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly
0: how it went down. I think
1: like, <laughs> And then in, in the the Clay not doing any like not partaking in the doing drugs or mm-hmm. like like nobody else other than Julian. It would like it really seemed yeah. like they were just punishing like just him. Yeah. Um, to like totally. make an example of him. Totally. And then like that goes into like the making Julian the hero thing, which he totally <laughs> wasn't. Especially because there's that one scene where like, they're, like, if you want the money, like, he has to go, too. Mm-hmm. I and mean, he, like, points to Clay. In, in the then, book. Yeah, in yeah. the book. And then Clay's, like, oh, I kind of just went just to see what would happen. Right, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, he's, like, like, I just
0: want to see what the worst is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: Which is a, an impulse that so the movie empty. Clay does they're not so have. <laughs> <empty>. like, <laughs> yeah. he,
1: like, they can't even tell, like, the difference between good and bad anymore. They yeah. don't have any sort of, like, moral compass. They're just, like... Let's just do this. Yeah. Let's just see what the world is like. It's sort of like, like beatnik in that way. Mm. It's like beatnik. Um Yeah. In the film. I just really just didn't. I like, <laughs> just didn't yeah. like how clean it was. Yeah.
0: Like, you know, it's funny. Yeah. Clay. And heartfelt. Oh, like. yeah. <laughs> but like. Phony, heartfelt, like overwrought. It's funny that, like, yeah, Clay in the book doesn't have any moral compass, and then Clay Mm. in the movie, like, is nothing but moral compass. Like, he has no other personality traits. He's just like, don't do coke. Yeah. Don't do sex work. Yeah. Don't don't sleep with other men when your boyfriend's away at college. Yeah. Don't you dare sell Julian drugs ever again. Rip. And that's like his whole
1: character. Yeah, it's incredibly it, it did, boring. It didn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah. It, so, okay. So we open on high school graduation. Right. And then it's six months later. Right. And uh, Clay is away at college. Which, it,
1: like, the film could have just opened up right like, <laughs> right after that. Sure could have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they gave us all this backstory. Yep.
0: Don't need it. <laughs> um, so Clay is at college. He wakes up in his dorm room. He looks moody. And then he has a black and white memory <laughs> of a fight he had with Blair where she was like, she's like, I don't, I don't want to go to college. And he's like, why not? And she's like, I'm just starting to get good modeling jobs here. And he's like, is that it? And she's like, no, that's not it. I'm just scared. Okay. I'm scared. and It's, it's so big. Yeah. It's so overdone. It's a mess. Also, I feel like putting off going to college because you're getting good work as a model is legitimate. Yeah, and legitimate the movie, movie is like, that's pathetic. Yeah. Blair's a piece of shit.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and then we cut back to moody. Cut back to moody little Clay in his dorm. And then we cut back to another black and white memory of Blair and Julian boning down on Thanksgiving. On
1: Thanksgiving.
0: Uh-huh. And Clay comes in to surprise them. And he's like, what does he say? He's like, you guys having a good time? Yeah. Storms out. And then when Clay comes back to Los Angeles.
1: And that's when the film should have
0: opened. That's when the film should have opened. Yeah, it should have opened (laughs) on him in a car saying people are afraid to merge on freeways in Los Angeles. Yeah. People are afraid to
1: merge. Yeah. They
0: sure are. Brett Easton Ellis. I call him Brett. We're on first name basis. Brett (laughs) said on um, on that episode of his podcast that I keep referencing that um, it doesn't make sense tonally that like Clay is like noticing all the all the sights of L.A. and he's like excited. He's like, "Oh L.A. Oh, there's there's the Hollywood sign." Like that just doesn't make sense in terms of like what he should be feeling. But uh, right, yeah, yeah. yeah, and because like. You know, L.A. is supposed to represent, like, something horrible right. in the book. Um, but then also it just doesn't make sense because he was just there on Thanksgiving. So right. it's been, like, six weeks. And he's yeah, like, yeah. oh, Los Angeles, wow, how I've, I've missed you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there's just, like, yeah, I logic just problems.
1: The, like, the whole opening didn't need to be there. And it didn't, it, like, the, it didn't give us anything that we needed to know. Um, yeah. It was just a lot of telling for not mm-hmm. a lot of good reasons. Yeah, and then I like I can't even like really keep the scene straight in my head <laughs> because it was just like so all over the place. <laughs> I and like that. one of the things that, and then like they just threw Palm Springs in at the end. Like that was like <laughs> a really big part of like his family dynamic. Yeah, and then we didn't even get to see like his sisters are like. On, all, all coked out all the time too. Like, right. You know, I don't remember meeting his sisters. I like... think
0: that like little girl who was wearing jewelry was one of his sisters. Oh, they like, they made her his? younger. Yeah. Okay. Because the only reason, like, it wasn't really established but I think Clay sees her in all the jewelry yeah. and is like, take those off mom's gonna be mad.
1: Right.
0: I think. So then that sounds like sounds like that's his sister. Over my
1: head. Like, <laughs> I don't know they just like just like just wrote out all the things that made clay like an interesting character and then we're just big like, time like we're gonna place this with morality right the kids are gonna love this <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so good and, and they know the kids <laughs> <laughs> they know the kids so well yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um what did you think i honestly feel like one of the only things that this movie like did that was interesting was like the production design of the parties I agree. like a fucking this this like red hued like lacy room with a bunch of tv monitors all over yeah. the place and then there's like a room you can go into that's like an igloo and it's full of penguins
1: <laughs> how cool like, is that the, yeah i agree that was like the saving grace of this film after at a certain point I just like i stopped paying attention to the dialogue and mm-hmm. just started like looking at how the whole thing was composed um and i think they did a really excellent job with like california colors which is like blue sky mm. neon pink the palm trees sort of like sand color and then like a uh, like palm tree green like that was almost like almost every shot had like a layer of those colors somehow so that's what i started to pay attention to mm, and i thought that the lighting and the set design was really really good um but one thing there just weren't enough cars um mm, interesting like, uh the whole the whole everybody's like oh he came up in his bmw or like you know uh-huh. they always do like car talk because it's california uh-huh. <laughs> Cause it's la Everybody drives in la uh-huh. and you only had i think there was like that one scene where they're driving in the car, they're like, and they in this all why, like red like, convertible. Why they included like them hitting the deer? Did they include that they in, the, in the movie? That in the
0: movie, I missed it. Or she it. like
1: hit something? Oh, and they get out of the car. <laughs> I totally but missed of that. Of all the things you're gonna include, <laughs> like that's what you decide to include. Yeah, I that's know. so I just pointless. That was, like, odd. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just felt like. I mean obviously roads were different in the 80s It probably were less cars less traffic maybe i don't know
0: who knows I don't know. there's literally no way of knowing what anything about the 80s was like I cannot know i will never know
1: <laughs> but i don't know i just felt like I, for a for a, a story that starts off on the freeway there was just like not enough drive like cars are driving
0: that's fair film. yeah There is like a lot of driving in the book, right? Like Clay's always like he's always in his car driving, looking. Yeah, Yeah. he's
1: like always looking for something. And I think that's like that's what happens when you live in LA is that you have to you have to get places. Right? Like you don't take the train, you don't take the bus. You get in your car or your friend's car or a taxi or whatever, and you go to where you're going. And Mm -hmm. then while you're there, you figure out where you're linking up next Mm. and there was like none of like i don't even remember them going to like more than one party in a night
0: yeah in the movie they didn't go to the mall at all right they went to the mall zero times
1: unbelievable
0: yeah how can there be no malls there's nothing else
1: to do when you're 18
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) certainly in the 80s
1: you're 18 in the 80s
0: and you're not gonna go to a mall and i think the
1: the One scene where they're like walking to his house and there's like all the mod furniture that was really funny. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, it's probably what it was like to live off of Mulholland in the 80s. It's probably just what it was like. Um, yeah, that 80s aesthetic of this movie is like so weird. Yeah, it's not like I mean, maybe we have like a different version of it because it's been like filtered through. Like, a bunch of other things. Like, the, the film was made in the 80s, right, right? yeah. So, I don't know that it could be more authentically 80s. Right, so. yeah. I'm like, I'm sure it's
0: authentically yeah. 80s, but I'm used to an 80s aesthetic that is, right, like, right, filtered right. through our current yeah. sensibilities. Yeah, yeah, So, seeing it just, like, polished. unfiltered, yeah. big shoulder pads, like crunchy hair. Pulp, like.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was, like, okay. So, here's, like, when I was like imagining the movie or like when I was making the movie in my head as I was reading the book, uh-huh. um, I sort of had this like gossip girly twist. Mm, I also yeah think, I also think mm-hmm. this is a sidebar okay. that gossip Hit girl me. is a fan fiction of lesson Zero I think I can absolutely see that I definitely I there's think, like one I think Gossip
0: Girl is very Where Blair
1: LSE. Blair goes to Clay And she's like You don't know what it was like When you left Which is like a direct line From Blair and Serena Right And Gossip Girl Yeah <laughs> But like if you wanna like Compare like spoiled children Who have nothing to do But ruin their own lives Yeah um, Like a book about that Like I think like Gossip Girl Is like a really good Like Contrast, yeah. Um, but in my mind, like I sort of had this whole like smooth hair. Mm-hmm. Girls are wearing like tank tops yeah. and like jeans, and they're like in the house, like doing things. There are no parents, mm-hmm. and like like there was like in my mind, everybody was like in a room usually, like doing drugs like in the room <laughs> like there's like a beanbag chair and they're all watching MTV because uh-huh. like, they like the parties always sounded more like kickbacks you know mm. like sort of a small group of close guys. Gotcha. that's like the other thing that like should like that's going on with these characters is that like they all like hate each other or to like some capacity, but it's like very much like us and only us. Like they keep hanging out with each other, even though oh, yeah. like they don't really like each other. But, right. Like nobody else like really understands them. Maybe nobody else has as much money as them, or like has gone through like what they gone what they've gone through. So like, mm-hmm. even though they're like miserable, they don't have anybody else that they can relate to. Yeah, and, yeah, but. Like the party scenes, sorry. No, like, go but ahead. the party scenes, like, were so much fuller, and it looked like they had like old people, like 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 adults <laughs> there too. Maybe it's like it's hard to tell
0: when everybody's dressed in eighties clothes because yeah. they make everybody look so it looks like old. My mom. Yeah, like, <laughs> just, like clothes of my
1: mom. I don't know. Yeah, but, like um, yeah, I just like couldn't like those parties looked like withdrawn in a way. That is not, like, what the, I don't think the characters would surround themselves with, like, those people like that. I think it would, like, the, their their parties would be much smaller, much more exclusive. More exclusive. And, like,
0: I could see that. Yeah. yeah, I sort of did picture, like, most of the, when I was reading the book, I pictured most of the parties being kind of, like, big blowouts yeah. like that. But but then there are also just a lot of scenes of, like, that, that like, core group hanging yeah. out together. And there's much more a sense of, like, you know, we have our specific clique, and yeah. that sense is not in the movie at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, if if there's a clique, it's just, like, Julian, Clay, and Blair yeah. are the three musketeers. Which, like,
1: I didn't make that association at all when I was reading the book. No, it's I not didn't. in the book. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, there, there's, like, no relationship. I don't know. I, I'm not sure Blair and Julian talk yeah. <laughs> in the book. I don't know if they have a scene they together. Don't, they don't sleep too to, I don't like, think they sleep together. I don't remember that at all. That what? was like, wow, that's yeah. forced. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> to like, sort of like, enrage the, like, the Clay character, like, create some sort of like, tension between both of his friends. Like, Yeah.
0: And it's like, that tension does not really go to good use, yeah. right? Like, Still, the movie doesn't like, really make much out of it. He still
1: Blair. He still helps out Julian. So, like, yeah. was just to prove that, like, he's a good guy, that he's, like, willing I, to, like, overlook everybody else's faults and, like, help them.
0: Yeah, I guess. I hate mm. a hero. Yeah, yeah, he sucks.
1: I really, really <laughs> didn't like that character. I really no. didn't like what they did to Clay. No, he's that's so fair. interesting. Like, and, like, to write a story, like, to read a story now that's about, like, a straight white boy who does a lot of cocaine <laughs> and, like, make it interesting. Like I, like, I know a lot of people who, like, wouldn't entertain that story <laughs> and like, wouldn't be interested in it, but the way that it's written is so compelling and, like, yeah. his, like, and Because he's ambig- not straight. Ambiguity. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing was, like, yeah, he's not. I mean, it is so downplayed. I like that yeah. one scene where he's. like Or like he could be straight, but he's fucking dude, right? So. But, but like, yeah, he's not. But that that's cool thing is that you get inside his head and you know that he's not straight while you're reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, even though none of the other characters do, where he's like, where he's like talking about like, have I like have I had sex with that guy? And said, I haven't. Right. And that like sort of like adds that whole thing. So that that sort of like brings you into like like the gay underworld of like L. A. Like like there, there's like everybody's friends and like. There are, like, all these dudes that know each other from probably just that. Yeah. And that was, like, something interesting to talk about. That one scene, like, I know there's, like, the whole, like, pimping thing going on, um, which I... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, like, that one scene where it's, like, that room and there are, like, all of these, like, gentlemen in, like, their nice suits. Right. Like, yeah. I just thought that was, like, such an interesting visual mm-hmm. because that's not something that, like, I've ever, like, seen like seen in a movie mm-hmm. and i know it was like sort of like villainized right um, yeah but like as a queer person i was like this is cool like, this <laughs> is cool. <laughs> like, like yeah yeah wow, are having a party together a like, time like yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah it is like it sucks what happens to like the queer identities yeah. in this movie like because less, th- less Than Zero, the book, was by no means, like, it was not, like, a message book. Right. It wasn't, like, treat it, us as humans. But it, it did
1: have those identities. But it had it.
0: those identities, and it was, like, over it. Yeah, <laughs> It was, like, yeah, we're just here. We're just yeah, around. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, and it wasn't, like, <laughs> I think it's like, important that it wasn't, like, rah-rah gay rights. Yeah. Like, I thought it was, like, the, the ambiguity of it is important. There are, like, a lot of people, it's important to, like, not have an identity yeah you know and just sort of like live on the fringes of like you could do things and you don't have to label it
0: right yeah and that, then in the and then in the cool. yeah totally <laughs> totally and then in the movie like the only gay stuff is like the bad stuff is bad stuff yeah and le- leads uh somewhat directly or i guess indirectly leads to julian dying yeah it's like the the only queer characters we see are these like nameless like from context like semi-menacing dudes because like Julian is having to have sex with him and he doesn't want to. Um, And also like Rip seems like maybe Maybe a little queer coded. Okay,
1: that was like the other, other character who did who's acting in a movie that was not this movie. Like, <laughs> like, what kind of movie was he acting he in? He was acting in some sort of like Oscar nominated Heist <laughs> film or something like that. Because, heist like, film. Or you know, just like some sort of like drama. Like he his I don't know who that actor's name is. James Spader. No, that's James Spader. That's little baby James Spader. Yeah, he's so scary. He's so scary. I love (laughs) him. He did such a good job. Yeah. And that's like that's like the the issue with films Mm -hmm. is if you get the good if the good actor plays the bad guy, Mm -hmm. you're gonna identify with the bad guy. (laughs) So like I was watching it and I was like, That guy's Cool. <laughs> like, totally, and I was like, Clay sucks, yeah. and I wish he had died in the car. Right, like, yeah.
0: You put James Spader's Rip up against Andrew yeah. McCarthy's Clay; it's ridic'd, no contest. He was, yeah, he was
1: just like, <laughs> oh man, he was such a clean character. We had his like, he looked like a Ken doll. His hair was slicked back, you know, like uh, it looked like it was plastic. And I was just like, ripped it, so, yeah, yeah. I was so entranced by his character. He actually looked like a character that was described in the film which is like tan blonde described in the book in the book excuse me yeah totally yes like not even like i mean i know that like clay just came back from the east coast so he's not going to catch a lot of sun but like he even like talks about like sunburn and stuff like that like yeah you'd expect him to be a little tanner and then like a little blonde i just like there were there was clay you would expect to be yeah yeah there were not enough like blonde haired Tan people, yeah, it doesn't
0: really have like it doesn't really have a California look, yeah, in the cast, which is weird because it feels like in 80s movies, like everybody Every- is like yeah. a beach bum, yeah, 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 <laughs> like yeah. all the actors are yeah, just like, these like Blair thin, tan, blonde came people.
1: And like her like velvet suede, <laughs> like dress, and her like trying, it's like the 80s triangle <laughs> hair, like my <laughs> mom, all my mom and her sisters had it, like everybody had Love it. it. Like, triangular Gorgeous. like i know that it's that, like that's like a it's an authentic 80s look but it's like but we're also talking about california yeah like it's not like midwest 80s yeah it's like la right <laughs> yeah
0: it feels like they should be a little bit more on like the forefront want to of see fashion i person wearing rollerblades like. right where are the rollerblades <laughs> And there's no hint of anything punk yeah. really. The book is like has like kind of a consistent thread of like people interested in like punk bands yeah. and stuff and there's like none of
1: that in the movie. Yeah. The movie was just really boring. It was a Who's Who do just, poster. It was like yeah. empty. Yeah, it starts <laughs> off like showing That's the thing is like the absence of MTV really just silence the film. Like you start mm-hmm. off showing his room with like all the posters, but then like you don't really ever hear an Yeah. Any How music is it not there? an like, Elvis
0: Costello poster? Yeah. Like, come on
1: <laughs> Elvis Costello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't like you don't hear any of the music. Like the kids aren't like hip to any type of lingo. Yeah. They just like they like aged it up. Yeah. To like It's like a lifetime movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like it wasn't young. It wasn't hip at all and then it wasn't edgy which yeah. i like i think are things that you would define the text as
0: yeah for sure <laughs> yeah yeah it's kind of like the it's kind of like the text's like evil twin or like the text is the evil twin of this movie <laughs> like it's like the opposite in so many ways this is
1: like the the, the movie is like the lame younger sibling is like the cool yeah. older sibling that like went out and did everything yeah and the parents won't let the kid do anything <laughs> the younger sibling do anything now because yeah. they saw what happened <laughs> <time. I know>. <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um so you pointed out james spader as rip mm-hmm. as one of the like
1: highlights glowing
0: performances yeah. yeah i i totally remembered like yeah robert downey jr and james spader are like the performances yeah. everybody else you can kind of throw away yeah and re-watching it today i was like you know what i think that james spader is kind of asleep on his feet but he just like feels right yeah. like he's well cast he totally should be playing rip and he's very handsome, yeah. and he's got a great, like, vibe yeah, of, like, yeah. sexy menace, yeah. but I feel like in terms of, like, actual acting, like, he is not trying. You don't think? I felt like all of his line deliveries were just like, I don't want to trust you, Julian. I want my money back.
1: <laughs> I thought, like, I thought he did a really good job, and I, I was, like, definitely afraid of him. Um, For sure, But yeah. I, like, also <laughs> definitely wanted to, like, be around him yeah like I think yeah. he did such a good job of like creating Man, he's hot. Yeah, <laughs> like
0: I don't um, like men but just like
1: absolutely 10 out of 10 that sort <laughs> of like like a sublime leader you know where like <laughs> you don't you don't want to like you don't want to like you know like you, like, you want to know more about or, like be closer to them without mm. like Having to know them well enough that you like they could hurt you or you could hurt them <laughs> and, like, or like fail them, you know. Yeah. Um and there yeah, there's just something about like his like his skin <laughs> is like the softest skin <laughs> I've ever He's seen. beautiful. Just, like, like just watching him was sort of that yeah, that was like a really redeeming moment. Like when he was like just like talking really close. Like I, I liked that he was sort of like withdrawn. Um, Fair enough. Because, because like, uh, Julian's such a small fry. Yeah. I feel like he was just sort of picking on him because he was bored. Right,
0: yeah. Like, why would he bother busting out the big guns? It's just Julian right. who gives a shit. That's
1: fair. Just, like, give him a little bit of meth, and then like, <laughs> like, it, it doesn't matter. You was know? Julian on meth? What? You, you, do you like cocaine? What? <laughs> like, when they would, like, hold it, it would, like, do like, Oh, I thought it,
0: I, I, okay. In the movie, I mean, in the book, he's on heroin. Right. In the movie, I thought it was crack and that the movie just thought that crack was worse than coke, even though it's not, because that was, like, a popular conception right. of the 80s. So I thought that was a crack pipe, but right. maybe it was meth.
1: Maybe it was meth. Whatever. It's some sort of Whatever. smoke. Whatever. It's, right? it's some <laughs> sort of <smoke>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> some, some, I don't know the difference between the two drugs, so.
0: I'm not the person to, to ask. Yeah. Okay. I <laughs> i don't know i guess it would make sense
1: that it was crack because crack is like the cheaper version of cocaine right Right. yeah whatever it is (laughs) whatever whatever it is is. anyway (laughs) anyway yeah it doesn't it doesn't really matter
0: he's on something it's bad
1: (laughs) uh yeah but yeah i thought the james the james Bader character was really good i don't i didn't like i thought he was too old You thought James Spader was too old? Like, the way that they had aged the character in the movie. Because, like, in my mind, the way that everything was, like, they're all these, like, teenagers. Yeah. Like, they're all supposed to be 18. I remember being 18. I was stupid. (laughs) I was really young. I thought Mm. I was an adult, and I wasn't. Right. Yeah. And so, like, that was sort of like having that in mind and like thinking about these kids are driving these mercedes and they're buying like huge amounts of cocaine and they're like going to parties and they're like drinking with their fake ids and they're like playing these adult roles that they mm-hmm. don't fit into they're tr- trying to like emulate like the only adults they know which are right. their parents and so like to see that character like the whole the whole there's just it was they were just too old you thought everybody like the whole cast was was too old old. i think like it's more jarring to see like young people doing these things because you're like that's a child right (laughs) yeah yeah
0: they don't really come off as like when you have kids who like just graduated high school 25 year olds like (laughs) playing
1: 18 year olds fair enough whatever point you're trying to make about (laughs) being a teenager is not coming across yeah
0: that's fair yeah which just happens in like all all media (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah fair enough um what did you think of i don't know why this guy was so hilarious to me and i'm not sure if you're gonna remember him but what did you think of rip's like henchmen Oh yeah. This is <laughs> this Who's like, like a distant cousin of Guy Fieri. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, like Buff Guy Fieri. Yeah, yeah. He was just I don't know. He just like he got a lot of screen he time. He did get a lot of screen. But time. I don't I don't feel like he got a name.
1: I he, don't remember his name. He probably definitely like Biff or something.
0: Probably Biff. Or like Butch. Make butch. Make butch spit. Spit. That'd
1: be a good name. <laughs> um <Yeah. laughs> so it was definitely something like Spit.
0: <laughs> um like, the camera just, like, he would get, like, reaction shots for yeah. no reason. And the camera would just, like, linger. And I was like, whose nephew are you? Like,
1: why are you getting so much screen time? The camera did a lot of, like, really <laughs> weird things. Um, yeah. That character didn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, I'm not, like, I understand why he was there. Like, a really cool thing that was being experimented with, which was just, like, this sort of, like, how, like, desensitized to this type of, like, thing, yeah. like, to, like, sex, to violence, to drugs, like, can a person get? And, like... Yeah, and, like, how far get, can
0: it go? Like, can what can you get out like, of what it? What can they get desensitized? Like, yeah, is there, is yeah. there ever
1: any, like, does it ever leave you? Right. And then... In the film, it's just this, like, sort of cookie-cutter, like, drugs are bad, and if you don't take care of your friends, they die in your car. Right. (laughs) Okay.
0: Yeah. So, Julian tries to turn his life around. He tries to... For, like, a
1: second. And,
0: like, two different times, he's like, no, this time I'm done not going to do it again. Why doesn't he
1: just stay at his dad's house? I just think, like, if you're going to move in with your dad and have, like, an emotional moment and, like, promise to be clean, like, why would you go back on the LAC when you know that, like, a drug dealer pimp is looking for you? Yeah. And, like, when you owe him. And that was the other thing was, like, making it 50K instead of, I think it was, like, 5K in the book, right? Or it was, like... I'm not sure. I mean, I don't think they ever say...
0: Well, I think he borrowed 5K from... from clay Clay. actually i think you know what i don't think they ever do say how much it was but but julian says he needs it for an abortion and clay's like that's a lot for an abortion Yeah, so i think it's like a high amount i don't think it's 50k though no it probably is 5k because that is too much for an abortion right yeah but I don't think they do. I don't think they say exactly how much it is in the book. Maybe I just wrong. like like But yeah, it's not 50k. Hearing
1: 50k, I was like that's a ridiculous number. That's and fair. I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe it. Like there was like things, you know, like if you like fudge the truth a little bit, it's mm. more believable than an outright lie. Like <laughs> I feel like the text was really good at like fudging things. Mm-hmm. So that sense. it was believable, whereas Maybe. the movie was like, they're not going to believe it unless we make it super exact. They're not going to know they're having sex unless we show them licking. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Those scenes were so like. So many tongues. You know, there are like moments in my life where <laughs> I am like incredibly aware that like I'm a like a beast on this earth <laughs> uh-huh. that just like eats and like poops and fucks and like does all those things uh-huh. I try to like ignore it most of the time but there are certain <laughs> moments in my life where I'm like glaringly aware and watching like two open mouths with like, a tong- <laughs> like tongues like going at each other just yeah. like made me aware that I am a beast that roams this earth and I didn't <laughs> like that I didn't like that I didn't want to feel that <laughs> especially not when I was watching a movie that's fair
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, degrading to us all to have
1: to (laughs) watch this. Both my eyes, I watched.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh God! So Julian is gonna try to turn his life around, but for whatever reason, he cannot. It makes partially makes sense because he's just addicted and addicts relapse. But then, in other ways, it doesn't make sense because he does have the resources to to not have to be in this situation. Um. And then he dies. Yeah. Uh-huh. And to me, it's like not really clear what he dies of.
1: I think it's like an overdose. I
0: guess. Because they
1: were like drugging him up so that he
0: I guess it's sex with people. Yeah, I guess it's an overdose, but it's like he's in the car and he's like, all right, I just got to get some sleep and then I'm going to get some sleep. I'm going to feel better in the morning and then we're going to look at this whole problem from another angle in the morning after I sleep. He seems fine. Like he seems a little coked out, but he's... And then he just, like, takes a little nap. Then he never wakes up from that nap. It's just bad writing. I guess it's just bad, it's writing. Just <laughs> bad writing. I mean, I guess I don't know how, I just, what overdoses are like. Maybe
1: that's realistic, but it does not feel earned. It's sort of odd that, like, his friends wouldn't check on him mm-hmm. in that time. I don't know what they would do. And, like, were they coming from Palm Springs? I'm not. It's See, really mean, unclear where they, where they are. seeing, like, the Palm Springs sign and being like, Oh, that's how they're gonna fit it in. Then. Like maybe didn't need to ma- like maybe if you're not gonna include like any of Clay's family, then you also don't need to include Palm Springs at all. Like yeah, that Yeah, You If you need to include weird. Palm Springs, you don't need to include include the deer hitting scene <laughs> because like we're not talking about apathy and withdrawal in this film.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think the movie ever really tells us like where they're going or why. Yeah. Like you see the Palm Springs sign, but they're just that's just like, like, oh, we're driving. Oh, no, we're pulled over. That,
1: like, bothered me was the sort of, like, placelessness about this film. Mm, yeah. Whereas, like, in the book and the text, they're always like, oh, we went to this place. Oh, we went to this place. Because, like, right, that's yeah. important to, like, the L.A. scene. Like, right. they drop a lot of, like, names. And, like, you know where those places are. You yeah. know where you're going. And then in this one, they're just sort of, like, all over the place. Yeah. It just didn't, like, it, like, had... Like, because I was talking about the aesthetics earlier, like, it had that, like, California aesthetic, but it, like, wasn't in LA.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah, placelessness is a good way to put it. Like, it really has that feel of, like, a a movie that's, like, filmed in Toronto, but it's supposed (laughs) to be LA.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, we know how to make it look like California. Right. It wasn't. Um, Yeah, I just thought, like, Julian's death, to show it, excuse me, like that just just stupid like it just just didn't work and like because julian's sort of like a side story or side character within the text um and then like his death is sort of like this cool mystery like everyone's like julian gives great head and is dead and like you don't know whether he's dead or not. Yeah, and you, like, kind of found it because does he die in the text? I can't remember. Um,
0: he does not, but I don't think you know that for sure, right? But there's so a there's sequel, like, and he's in the sequel, so that's oh, how it's you a, know. It's a yeah, Imperial
1: Bedroom. Oh, okay. So there's like this, like sort of like mystery going on. Everyone's like, "Have you seen Julian? Like, tell him to call me. Like, he's looking for you. Blah blah blah. Like, that's all going on, and that's mm-hmm. kind of like kind of keeps you going. Like, you're like, oh, I kind of wonder what happens. What happens
0: <laughs> and then really? this
1: one, like, he like. Th- dies <laughs> in yeah.
0: the car yeah like. he dies with his head on clay's shoulder like he's the fucking grandma from vacation <laughs> Have you ever seen vacation <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> well the grandma dies in exactly that way but it's played for laughs yeah like
1: and then and, you know and then clay's like, oh, like he like <laughs> swats him off like he's like a bug yeah like, it's just, it's
0: yeah just, it's, just, it's the tone and it's then just, when and when blair Sees him and realizes what's happening. She she listens to his heart. Yeah. She puts her ear to his chest and then she goes, no, yeah. <laughs> no. She says it like a pouty a pouty child.
1: No. Yeah. It was like, I was really annoyed. I was just annoyed. I wasn't <laughs> like I didn't feel anything other than like pissed offness. <laughs> yeah. Just lazy writing.
0: It's lazy writing. And then we end with these two on a park bench. Reminiscing like their
1: funeral blags. And
0: their funeral blacks. Reminiscing about Julian. And Clay says, you know, Julian's mom died when we were five years old. And he sat by the telephone waiting for her to call because she used to always call when she was away. So his dad sent him a telegram from his mom that said she wasn't gonna be coming home because she was in heaven. And Julian carried that telegram around for a year like
1: what a like, pointless fucking story zoom out on like a photo of them from high school graduation right? yeah and i just like did like as an adaptation It's bad yeah. <laughs> for sure it's really bad i feel like they just miss all of like the key things that made the text interesting yeah. I said it before, I'll say it again. They missed it.
0: That's absolutely fair. They <laughs> did, big time. And it's it is like, why did they even bother? Like, why did yeah, why, why is did this you movie called movie? Less Than Zero? did you want to
1: make this movie? Yeah. Like what part of the text made you want to make this movie? It's
0: just gotta be it's gotta be like a studio notes thing, right? Yeah. Of like I, Brett said on his podcast that um the first time he met up with the director like after the movie had finished production but before it had come out he was like Brett was like how'd the how's the movie go and the director was like I'm really sorry I tried oh my god (laughs) I fought for it but the studio won (laughs)
1: yeah like
0: yeah it's just it's a grim it's a grim situation that's tough man nobody's happy about it
1: yeah Especially not me. Especially I had to watch that whole yeah. movie. Yeah, my friend fell Most of all, in the middle of it, and then
0: and then you were like, "Hey, wake up, friend!" But yeah. then he wasn't moving, but and then yeah. you realized yeah. he was dead. I was like, "Oh my god!" It <laughs> no. Here too. No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh,
1: and then I had to drive him home. Because he was too sleepy. And then I came home and was like, I have to finish this because I'm going to talk to Katie about it tomorrow. I really appreciate you doing that for me. And then I was watching it, and I started to fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, like, no, no, I have to stay awake. And I managed to stay awake and finish it, and I was disappointed. Uh, That's fair.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've watched this movie, as I said, several times. Right. The first time I watched it because I wanted to watch every Robert Downey Jr. movie. That's Then the second time I watched it because I wanted to watch every Brady Snellis movie. Right. And then the third time I watched it because I wanted to watch every Andrew McCarthy movie. (laughs) And then I watched it for Brady Snellis a couple more times. (laughs) I did that
1: once with Seth Green, but Seth Mm -hmm. Green has a lot of minor roles. Yeah. So I ended up watching a lot of movies that only had Seth Green in them with minor roles. I've done that with several actors.
0: I used to co-host a podcast. The podcast is still on. The filmographers here on the Major Cast Network hosted by my good friend and roommate, Lenny Burnham, um, <laughs> where that's all we do is you pick one
1: actor and you watch everything that they do. Yeah. I think it's a good exercise. I was writing essays. It can be,
0: yeah. Oh. Seth Green essays. Oh, Seth Green essays? Mm. Did you, are, are you majoring these. in Buffy?
1: No. <laughs> is he in Buffy? I've never actually yeah. seen Buffy. Yeah. Oh, Buffy. you got to watch Buffy. Yeah. I just good. remember he was like in episode one of The X-Files, and he was like, <gasps> hey, man. and I was like, I'm in love with you. <laughs> That's um, amazing. Seth Green, if you're out there. I love you. Hit him up, Seth Green.
0: <laughs> um, so, it, this movie.
1: Yes. We both watched it. We both have watched you it. I've watched it
0: several times. It is very, in my opinion, extremely middle of the road. Right. I think it's fine to watch it.
1: But Honestly, I also
0: feel like there's no reason to watch it.
1: I would probably definitely watch it again. Only because I've already watched it and I know what happens. Okay. And I would just, it would just be something that I'm like, oh, I'll watch Lesson Zero Tonight because I know what happens. Uh-huh. And like you you'd like, watch, you maybe will put it on while
0: you're like doing dishes or something. Oh, yeah, something like you can like or half like, watch maybe,
1: it. Maybe, you know, like um, I need, like I would just turn the sound off so that I have something pretty to look at and I'll like put on like an m83 i love it album and just like do that (laughs) that might be fun i might do that tonight
0: i love it do it (laughs) um so let's 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 rate this bad boy okay on a scale of one to five one being the worst five being the best
1: on a scale of one to five and well, like, well, we like want to make like, we're talking about like adaptation. We can Indiana. also
0: write the book, but let's rate the movie first. OK, let's just rate it as a movie. I a two. I a yeah, two. I think a two as well. But two. first we have to pick a we have to pick a scale. Oh, uh, um, one. To f- instead of stars. To five grams of
1: Coke. Yeah. One <laughs> to five.
0: One to five grams of Coke. <laughs> On a scale of one to five. You grams can of Coke. you can do one to five grams of Coke. I'm going to do um, one to five. Um, decorative party penguins. Okay. Okay. Um, so you're giving it two grams of Coke. I think it was, like, two grams Okay, of and Coke. why do you give it two grams of
1: Coke? Because I think, it, like, it, if, if you, if you separate it from the original text, it is a narrative that has a complete beginning, middle, and end, <laughs> and aesthetically, it is pleasing.
0: Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I'm going to give it two and a half. Decorative party penguins. Okay. I think it's completely middle of the
1: road. Yeah.
0: It's I would an a- okay watch, and there's but there's also no reason to really watch it. Yeah. Unless you are being a completist and want to watch every Robert Downey Jr. movie, Freddie Stenell's movie, whatever. Right. But there's it doesn't really have anything to offer anybody. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think um, aesthetically, it's like four bags of coke. Okay. Or four grams of coke. Right, um, four grams, yes. But, uh, yeah, definitely just, like, not a great movie. Actors didn't do that good of a job. No, they didn't. Except for James Spader yeah. and Robert Downey Jr. And Robert Downey Jr.'s dad in the film.
0: Mmm, you liked Robert Downey Jr.'s dad in the film?
1: Yeah, I, well, I told you, like, that, that Oh, right, yeah. The day, like, I thought that right, was, like... Right, that's right. And it also just, like, made me think of, like, all the times that I messed up. And then, like, I would have to come home to my dad and, like, mm-hmm. talk to my dad. and I was mm-hmm. like, Damn. That was I thought that was like an honest moment. Yeah, you know, Fair Where enough. like the rest of the film didn't have very many of those.
0: Yeah. Did you know that Robert Denny Jr. says that that movie was like the beginning of his his dark Descent times as a as an addict? Yeah.
1: I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like living that Julian yeah. life. Yeah, 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 While
0: he and Andrew McCarthy said that he was like super fucked up all the time. I believe it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, I, you can never really like see it yeah especially in his eyes like he's like had just puffy eyes he did have time. puffy eyes I yeah he he makeup great. Part is so much. yeah he really maybe he's a method actor yeah maybe <laughs> maybe um so
0: on a my little dog harvey is getting up on the mic yeah he's ready to share some of his opinions right <laughs> <laughs> um so as an adaptation, I mean I think it's pretty clear how we both feel. Less this than does. zero. <laughs> you have done it. <laughs> you have done it, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely fails as an adaptation. Yeah. It in no way does it capture the spirit or the real or the or the factual reality of the book. Very little in common with the book Definitely except for drugs. Not.
1: Except for like the character mm-hmm. names yeah. are the same. None of the motives, none of the motifs, none of the estranged connectivity.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It really seems like, it seems like if you heard somebody like hurriedly describe the book Less Than Zero and then you had to write like a screenplay based on that, like maybe that's, (laughs) maybe that's what you'd come up with. they didn't
1: even read the back of the book.
0: No. Fair (laughs) enough. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like the the apathy would kind of be a pretty a pretty big takeaway. Yeah, does not translate.
2: Yeah, at not all. at all.
0: Yeah. Um. Well. Fantastic. Uh, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, Outstanding. Out really, really
1: excellent. Work. More than
0: zero. <laughs> Truly more than zero. Um. So now that we've got that film out of the way buried in the cold cold ground and we never have to think about it again um <laughs> i want to offer listeners a palate cleanser in the form of a book that was written by somebody who's not Brett snellis uh i always recommend a book that is not by a cis white man my guest is welcome to recommend whatever book they would like uh if you have a recommendation ready to go sure you can um, go first this
1: one has sort of been coming it popped back up again in my life um i read it a few like six years ago my friend gave it to me his birthday gift um because it was like on his honest freshman reading list it's called a visit from the goon squad by jennifer egan um that book like tore my heart in half it's ah. a bunch of short stories from multiple perspectives told in multiple ways over like it kind of loosely follows this like one group of friends um and like they're like from their youth um into like when they're grown um and then the sort of like people that are related to them so like one guy is like a record producer and then like there's a story that like follows his assistant um and they're told in all sorts of uh like first person sec- there's this one second person story that like just really just ruined my life <laughs> um, but it's Amazing. sort of it's sort of sci-fi in not in a, like a soft sci-fi way there's just like this sort of like advanced technology that starts to emerge as like they get older um, it's just sort of like a metaphor for coping with uh, age
0: alright yeah. That sounds fantastic. It's really good. All right. We have it in the bookstore. It's
1: on my shelf. I know. I noticed it on your <laughs> shelf. I had been seeing it on the... Go on the, pick your <laughs> copy <of it. laughs> I'd
0: been seeing it on the bookshelves for a while. Yeah, yeah. And I just kept noticing it for some reason. It's and then when I saw it on your recommendation shelf, I was like, holy shit.
1: Yeah. You should read it. You I like
0: will. It. Okay. I'll do, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, my recommendation, um, since this movie is kind of a relic of the Reagan 80s and the Just Say No and the Dare era... Um, I am going to recommend a book that sort of shows the underbelly, the consequences, and the fallout of those policies. At the New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander. Have you read this, Emma?
1: I read an excerpt of it.
0: You what? Read, read an excerpt? Yeah. It's really good. It really... Um, it really changed the way, like, I went into it already, like, yeah, prison's not good, but it really, it really changed the way I thought about the criminal justice system, yeah. um, particularly as it pertains to race, as mm-hmm. the title suggests. Yeah, um, yeah it's really, like, uh, fucking read it, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's very uh, upsetting, yeah. but it is also very, like, incentivizing to get involved. Um Educate yourself. Educate yourself. It's an ugly country. Yeah. (laughs) An ugly country with an ugly past. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so that's my recommendation. Uh, Yeah. Emma? Emma? You did a great job. Thank you. Thank you for being
1: here. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> you know, it was a really fun exercise, really fun project. I really like what you're doing
0: here. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> um, do you have anything that you want to plug? You already plugged your your comic up top. You can. Uh, is there anywhere that people can get that?
1: Or you're working oh, on that right sure. now? Yeah, it's a, it's a work in progress. Um, yeah, I make cartoons. Um, if you uh, like cartoons or are interested in critical theory, you can follow my Instagram, which is <sighs> Cessnon Boulevard. S-E-S-N-O-N-B-L-V-D. That's where the magic happens. Back in history class, did you ever take a step back from that textbook you were reading and just think to
3: yourself, man, these people are very dumb. Hi, my name is Eric McAdams and I have a podcast for you. It's called Big Time Whoopsies. And every other Wednesday on the Major Cast Network, I tell a guest and you, the listener, a story from history involving massive incompetence. Big Time Whoopsies. People are dumb, and history can prove it.
0: Okay, so joining me now is friend of the show, brother of mine, fan favorite, Sean Wright. Welcome back, Sean. Hi,
3: Katie. Thanks for having me back.
0: Yeah, anytime. Uh, I'm I'm excited to have you back because you, you were here for the Less Than Zero, the book episode. So this feels like a nice completion to that, to have you come back and we can talk about maybe whether this movie lived up to the book, whether it recreated all that the book so gloriously achieved. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um so uh well uh, what do you so you uh you saw this movie years ago right like when it was relatively new
3: i think i saw it maybe about i think it was about four years after the movie was released i saw it on on video
0: okay and then you read the book very recently for yes this very podcast yes uh <laughs> so how do you think how do you feel the movie compares to the book <laughs> I remember you saying previously that you liked the movie when you saw it and you thought it was edgy.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I watched the movie right after I finished reading the book and I felt like it was one of the uh, like um, biggest betrayals of source material I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, it, it didn't just like get things wrong, it like actively chose to go the opposite direction with most <laughs> elements of the story yeah, i mean like clay is this little like moralizing uh mother hen who's like <laughs> who's not like oh i don't approve of the cocaine i don't approve of this and that you know he's just very he's not like oh dear oh dear and then he heroically <laughs> charges in to save julian <laughs> at the end it's yeah. like wait a second this is exactly the opposite i mean like they they wanted him to be a sort of stand-in for extremely conservative folks who would like utterly disapprove of, i mean like the the whole point of the book was he was like totally complicit in everything and in this, right. he's just like oh this is disgusting this is not right you know the only time yeah. he like let his hair down is when him and blair blair yeah when they Mm -hmm. have sex at the when they're like having a holiday (laughs) dinner but his parents are and his parents Uh are all like oh you know have making corny jokes and and stuff and like you know it's like the the sort of dark underbelly as things is like that the father has his young new girlfriend there and his mother's a little jealous and it's like "Uh uh-oh trouble in paradise (laughs) but it's like (laughs) i mean just every single thing but like the only character that was at all right for this was uh rip like i Mm. thought james spader actually seemed pretty menacing like yeah for sure just like dead-eyed and and, like he was like spot on for rip but then i'm like you know i think the only reason the reason they were able to keep him basically as he is is because he was a villain and they're like, yeah. "Yes, it's okay to have the villain be like this, but everybody else has to be better than, than they were in the book."
0: <laughs> yeah. A, a lot of people, including Brady Sanellis, um think that uh Robert Downey Jr as Julian is like the only saving grace of the movie. I just How do you feel about that?
3: I don't I don't think so. I mean, like I think his performance is all right. I I found it a little bit You know, at the time when I watched it, when I was younger, I was all like, oh, whoa, you know, that's pretty, (laughs) that's, that's quite a performance. But as I was watching it this time, Mm -hmm. it felt a little hammier to me. It felt kind of derivative of like uh, uh, some other performances I've seen, like um, a little bit like, uh, you know, uh, Midnight Cowboy. You ever see that (laughs) with John Voight and Dustin Hoffman?
0: no i didn't old, is that the one where he's a sex worker r- right
3: yeah he shows up he thinks he's okay. gonna be he thinks he like everybody's always told me he's a handsome boy he comes to new york city from a small mm-hmm. town and he's all like all right you know now all these uh beautiful ladies are gonna be paying me to bang him <laughs> and then it's like and then <laughs> like everybody's all like you know assuming that he's there to to you know get have sex with men when he's out in his cowboy outfit on the street and he's all like, what? No, you know, like, <laughs> but then it's like he gets, he's like, you know, things get progressively worse for him. He befriends this uh-huh. kind of street person, Ratso Rizzo, played by Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> and uh, then Dustin Hoffman, at the end, dies on a bus as they're trying to go to Florida. And it's very oh. reminiscent of Julian's death. At the end of, yeah, at, at the end of uh, less Than zero, <laughs> and it's like, and I felt like the and I like felt like it, the performance was a little derivative of that, you know. And okay. like, I was, and
0: it, it, I was gonna say, just based on that, go ahead, but and it's
3: not just the, it's but it, it's less the fault of of uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s performance, the character Julian's all wrong. He, like, once he, yeah. like, like Julian has no backstory in the book. He's just yeah. – uh, other than, like, we know that him and Koi are friends somehow. That's it. And, like, they went yeah. to a concert or two and together. And that, like, they knew each
0: other as kids. Right. They it, used to be in sports club together right. in middle school. There's,
3: we know nothing about Julian having a family of any sort. I don't think there's a mention of him mm-hmm. having a family. <laughs> I think <laughs> there point.
0: might be a sort of – I feel like there are some references to like, oh, my parents won't give me any more money. Maybe. Something like that. There's certainly
3: no scenes with a the father or anything. No,
0: definitely not. There's no hugging on the tennis court no. in the book.
3: <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's yeah, like, uh, he's like wants to be this record executive and he's all like a young hotshot. He's all bought into the 80s, uh, the whole 80s idea of success and everything. And like Julian was just mm-hmm. like, at no point do you ever see Julian want anything except for some money <laughs> in the book in the book it, like he's never right. even he want to start yeah. some yeah. record company or anything he's not like some like you know uh yeah some character like uh, old charlie sheen's character from wall street or something you know
0: <laughs> yeah and it's like he wants first some money and then second to stop being exploited by his drug dealer pimp <laughs> right and he, was, yeah those are the only two <laughs> things
3: and he was like a i mean i feel like his like the dark underbelly of the glamour of the hollywood glamour that they were trying to show in the movie i felt like was a very tired story about that <laughs> about like teens you know yeah. like out of control with the drugs and everything and and it was just like it just was not a meaningful or interesting story they had to tell.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you think, do you think it was already tired in, when did it come out? 87? Oh, uh, do, yeah. Was it, was this already like a tired cliche then? Oh yeah.
3: I mean, it was like, basically it was a lot like, it's a lot like rebel without a cause, Um. Mm-hmm. you know, like, which was made like what the 1950s, except with uh, yeah. instead of, instead of having, you know, the rebel without a cause as your central character. You have some uptight nerd as your central character, who's all like, "Oh, rebel <laughs> without a cause! When will you stop?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I don't know if you know anything about the the production or like what was going on behind the scenes of of um Lesson Zero, the movie. A little
3: bit. Because and do I you know anything to, about? I listened to an interview. Uh, that Brett Easton Ellis did with Andrew McCarthy uh, so I know right
0: I, was, yeah okay
3: okay I know that <laughs> um, Andrew McCarthy said that at some point he saw a script that he thought was a fairly faithful rendition of the book and it was just like the, the producers were just like no 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 <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yeah and Brett, Brett says that like he he wasn't really involved in the making at all and then like kind of after once filming was like almost done he met up with the with the director for the first time and was like oh how's the movie going and the director was like i'm so sorry (laughs) like the director was just like nope don't don't be excited about this movie yeah just like it got completely beaten to death by the by the studios like i think particularly brett says because like dare became a fit or like there was a like big drug backlash like right when the movie was entering into pr- production and it was like totally it, you could not get away with depicting drug use in any but the most like after school special right. type tone and yeah. so it became truly an after school special i think it you could air it alongside any of those and it would fit right in yeah maybe there would be less Maybe there'd be less sex in the after-school special.
3: Yeah, the, the movie somebody would get pregnant be re- remade because <laughs> uh, the book be yeah. made into a new movie because that that movie was not at all a reflection of what the book was.
0: Yeah, it didn't. it, it didn't recreate. The spirit or the events of no. it, like it really just lifted like character names and kind of like the theme of <laughs> drug use,
3: right? And I mean, uh, you know, there's and there's like, all in uncommon, yeah. There's like you know, yeah. Julian has to have sex with men, uh, Julian asked Clay to borrow some money, um, uh, Rip is a bad guy, <laughs> yeah uh blair is a girl that clay has you know been in a relationship <laughs> with like there's a, you know there's some like very generic elements of the story that survive, but yeah. like yeah it's it there's just really very little left it's like the only one the yeah. only thing movie i can think of that i've seen that i was like uh that i felt reflected the source material less was uh lawnmower man um,
0: that was, <laughs> i was haven't a, seen that but i'm a little Stephen bit aware of it
3: even king's lawnmower man i went to that in the theater when it came out and i hadn't <laughs> i hadn't read lawnmower man at the time uh but the movie was about this it was kind of like do you know the story of flowers for algernon mm-hmm. it's a, so it's about this guy who's very simple-minded who mows lawns for a living or whatever and then like uh they use uh like virtual reality stuff to sort of like do experiments on him and they they increase his intelligence and then he sort of sort of starts inhabiting this computer and he's like becomes this sort of monster or whatever so anyway that's the movie so uh, some time later i end up reading the short story and the short story like you could never make a movie out of because there's nothing to it hardly but it's just like the god, pa- the Greek god Pan. uh For some reason, he shows up. I can't even remember what it was about exactly, but like basically, he's out eating all the grass in somebody's yard, and then he like eats the guy or something. <laughs> and that's like well, it's like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like <laughs> so like all they did was take the title and and, <laughs> and King's Lawnmower Man. And it had nothing to, even to do remotely with the with the short story. <laughs>
0: That, yeah that's I guess that's less less, less related <laughs> yeah, I think that's
3: the that's the only other mo- the only movie I've seen that was less related to the source material <laughs>
0: <I just> want... <sighs> um so kind of like setting aside for a moment whether it's uh, <laughs> uh, its relationship to the source material do you think that do you think this movie like has anything to offer like on its own terms or is it a waste of everybody's time? I
3: think it has li- ver- to me, it has very little to offer. Um Just the, like clay is uh, such an uninteresting character. Like there's no tra- trajectory to his story at all. He's just like this guy who's like, you know, a well-meaning, pretty good guy, but he likes to, you know, he's a young adult and likes to have sex with his girlfriend sometime, and that's a little bit raunchy. <laughs> and uh <laughs> and then like he's got a friend who's in all kinds of trouble and he keeps trying to rescue his friend, and then the final time he rescues his friend, his friend dies. Uh and uh, you know, that's his personal story of growth. <laughs> like this. <there's>, like, <laughs> like he doesn't there's no point at where where he's like really seems even all in, tempted to be like oh yeah i want to do some coke or like yeah he's like, no no this is horrible this is really horrible guys <laughs> like
0: <laughs> yeah yeah there's like uh, the scene at the the christmas party rip offers him some coke and he was like no i don't do that anymore man and uh, honestly like i'm shocked that there's even an implication that he ever well, did it because he's an such answer. a like school mom
3: yeah i guess there was some- <laughs> but I, I had a feeling he was kind of bullshitting that he'd ever done it at all you know
0: like <laughs> 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 i like that i like that theory <laughs>
3: I had a feeling that he was all like, oh, no, it was like that, you know, oh, no, my family, there's a history of addiction in my family, man. I'm afraid it's going to take me to a really
0: dark place. <laughs> yeah, that, feels, that feels much more true to the character. <laughs> um, what about um, tra- Tragic Sad Julian? Do you think that his his story is worth well, telling? Well, <laughs>
3: you know, I mean, sweet,
0: poor Julian. Yeah.
3: I mean, he like, he was very irritating to me in this film, you know, like just,
0: mm-hmm. just irritating,
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> like for the most part. <laughs> and then like, you know, I mean, I remember at the time back when I first saw it, I was all like, I mean, it doesn't reflect well on where my head was at back then, but I was all like, Oh, mm-hmm. that poor guy forced to suck dick. Like, he uh you know as uh, you know for money or whatever for drugs like why didn't they just kill the poor son of a bitch you know like instead of subjecting him <laughs> to that the, the very worst humiliation the fate worse than death you know like
0: you yeah, know, it seems like a very 80s thought right exactly it's like so it was like and i think it
3: was meant to be taken that way in the film too you know and at the time yeah. it's made like oh my god this uh, this person has like hit the very You know, when you see that, it's like, oh, my God, this is somebody who's, like, you know, crossed over into something that, like, you know, would never, no red-blooded American male could ever respect himself again after doing the things he's done.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny, like, what the rock bottom, like, darkest moment. Of the movie is versus like the rock bottom darkest movie, darkest moment of the book. Yeah, It's like the, the darkest depravity of the movie is like where the book starts and then it gets progressively worse from there.
3: Yeah. Well, and then like, I didn't like the fact, like, you know, not only was Clay not even a tiny bit morally implicated in any of it, Julian has decided to turn over a new leaf. And only because, like, Rip physically forces the heroin into his veins does he go back to it, you know? So he's, like, he's done his, he like, he's there and he's all, like, I'm done. And, then, and, like, Rip's, like, oh, no, you're not. And, like, wrestles him, like, basically has him pinned, pinned down and, and heroin shot into his arm. You know, it's like, yeah. it, it like it wasn't even, even even Julian isn't morally implicated in his own downfall, hardly. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, everybody's blaming him for that doggone rip. <laughs> you
2: know? <laughs>
3: <Ooh>. <laughs> I mean, they do have, like, Julian going and trying to borrow money from his uncle, and his uncle's like, oh, you want to do a bump? But other than that, like, the adults are, like, all, like you know, oh, we're just regular square adults who like, you know, uh, you know, we wouldn't, we would be shocked if we had any idea what was going on behind the scenes. Cause we don't, you know, we weren't raised that way or whatever, you know, and it's like, wait, that these are not at all. The adults depicted in the book, yeah, <laughs> those, right. adults are like, those adults are either actively like victimizing young people or just like, way way too caught up in their own stuff to really be act to bother about it you know <laughs> yeah.
0: also like this the the movie kind of combines rip and finn into one character because yeah they do They do in in one yeah it's like the movie just couldn't it couldn't even handle the idea that there's more, like more than one bad dude out there right <laughs> it's like no if only rip could be chased out of town like everything would be fine right and you, he's got that strange that strange bodyguard do you remember that guy i don't oh, remember if yeah. he has a name this is this, like very Buff, weird-looking dude. Yeah, yeah.
3: Who he's the one who. I, it's a lot of. He's the one who like mainly manhandles Julian when they force the heroin. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> and I honestly, I didn't remember that they that they forcibly injected him. I remember, I remember Rip giving him like a crack pipe or something, and him like smoking it in, in the corner of a party, and then being like, oh, "Yeah, I'm coming back to the party." Um But I missed, I missed <laughs> he got forcibly injected. And that's what got it's, him off. It's, it's
3: after he it's after he goes and reconciles with his dad, and then he's all like, I'm gonna go deal with this. And he's like, All right, Rip. And then and
1: then Rip <laughs>
3: forcibly <fortunately> rejects <laughs> <checks> him.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, that's so funny. But his his
0: um Rip's Little Henchman, I just feel like the movie ga- he got like a weird amount of like single shots or like reaction shots that kind of had no purpose. And I was, I was just like, I was so unclear like what the movie was trying to do with him because it felt like they were like, mm, this guy, but I have no idea what they were saying every time they hmm. cut to him.
3: Roy culture. I don't know, do you have Maybe that was their comment on Roy culture.
1: <laughs> maybe. Yeah, like, oh, this guy or maybe he was just supposed to-
3: American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Maybe he was just supposed to be like, menace like you know rip rip is scary but he's he's this like pretty willowy little guy so then it's like oh but this is what he's got backing him up yeah <laughs> a big big beefy dude in a crop top yeah <laughs> uh yeah um so how about um Blair? We haven't really talked about Blair in this movie. Um uh, she's played by Jamie Gertz. Um how do you feel about her? Well,
3: the whole thing about, like, her, she was, uh, uh, she was more or less, like, just another Julian, like, it, it, she, you know, just, like, doing drugs, too, she was messing around with Julian, um, behind Koi's back, and um she was just somebody who was also like who had also kind of given into uh this uh lifestyle now well, i'm trying to remember with the ending did she sort of like didn't didn't she sort of be like i'm going with you clay or something
0: yeah she's going to move to the east coast and give up drugs Live with Clay, right? Yeah, so it's not like, oh, <laughs> she learned, you know,
3: the, the silver lining of what happened to Julian is Blair learned her lesson. <clears throat> yeah, I'm like, the, I, she uh, she's just like, I mean, like her whole like relationship with Julian and, and with uh Clay, like they, it was just the whole thing was just kind of nauseating, like, there was no i don't know i, I mean I no i to totally like, agree i used to always like that actress um what's her name uh
0: jamie gertz yeah
3: jamie gertz i used to like oh. her when i was mm-hmm. younger i used to always be like oh she's really cute you know but <laughs> <laughs> I like my generation more. I, but uh yeah that, <laughs> i did not she did not like particularly bring anything to that performance there was not particularly anything interesting about the way the character was written. Um, (laughs) uh, Like, yeah, she served very, I felt like she served very little purpose in that film other than to be like, the girl
0: i think she also served the purpose of being like you know there's that there's that moment where she and clay are out for a drive and then they get in a fight about her drug use and then he's like you think you're so different from julian but you're the same uh, and and i i think that a big part of her function in that movie is like as a drug psa it's saying like Oh, you think there's this line between like casual drug use and like being a full-on addict. Right. But that line doesn't exist. Right. It's a slippery slope.
3: Yeah. I guess yeah, I was I was thinking of it more from like uh, you know, a dramatic or or like filmic <laughs> point of view, but PSA point of view, I see your point. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> If this is not if you're not thinking of this as like uh, a work of art or something if you're thinking of it <laughs> as an education to an anti-drug propaganda tool i can see her purpose
0: yeah if like if i had to watch this in like my high school health class i'd be like yeah that was one of the better movies they made me watch in health this year (laughs) right (laughs) um Okay, so we've talked about clay. Did you? Did you hear the part in the in uh, Brett's conversation with Andrew McCarthy, where Andrew McCarthy was like, Oh, I was just I was just so high that whole time. I I did a terrible job.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's really funny.
0: And apparently Robert Downey Jr. said that that movie was like the beginning of his descent into actual, like his own like serious addiction. Because and Andrew felt, McCarthy was like, "Oh my!" <laughs> he felt so cool about about how <laughs> you <Maybe. doing that." laughs> baby. And Andrew McCarthy was like, "Oh my god! If that was the beginning of it, like I would, I would hate to see the end because he was already right. incredibly fucked up right. when that movie was being made." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Seems like that was probably a very weird and erratic uh, film set, if if I had to yeah. guess. Oh, but yeah, I I going back to Blair. I really hate Blair in this movie. Yeah. she drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I I I, <laughs> I find Julian like pretty charming. I, I can see like what's annoying about him, but I don't know. I think he's fun. Robert Downey Jr. is cute. He's like he uh, he's like you know too too hyped up because he's coked up, and also he's Robert Downey Jr. Uh, he's like a bit much, but I, like I find it agreeable. Um, but I feel like uh, Jamie Gertz just like everything she says and does in that movie just drives me crazy. I hate I hate her so much. Yeah. I really like her in like Ellie McBeal as a well, as a like character that is supposed to, to be like wound too tight. Yeah, she was really funny. She's this like very neurotic, um, tense woman with like a lot of tics and a lot of anxieties who like brings her mother on all her dates. She um she dates one of the main characters of Ally McBeal. She's really great on that show and I really liked her in that kind of like comedic character actress type role, but as a like as a like tragic heroine <laughs> or or whatever she's supposed to be in this movie, like I really don't think she works cuz I feel like she's <laughs> Like, too goofy to pull it off.
3: Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. I, I really didn't find very much at all to like in the movie. Um, I mean, like, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is probably the one of the closest, and, and, uh, James Spader, they were probably the closest thing to something good about the movie, but like, there wasn't much. I always liked the, uh, Bengals cover of Hazy Shade of Winter.
0: Yeah, that was great. Um,
3: Which is funny, because, like, I, yeah, when I was graduating high school, which was before I saw the movie, I graduated high school, I remember recommending that song for our class song. Um, But I, I, of course, didn't have the sort of pull to make that happen. We ended up doing (laughs) Lean on Me, like (laughs) like our, uh, (laughs) yeah, a group group of uh, guys from choir, Guys and gals from choir saying "Lean on Me." Dead, oh, <laughs> which is slightly bad than the fin- following year uh, that our <laughs> other brother <laughs> for 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 Corey's class. They had uh, uh-huh. "Winds of Change" by the Scorpions. <laughs> you may not Oh God, I don't know song. that song, but That's just off.
0: just based on the title, I feel it, like it I hate starts it.
3: off with whistling. <laughs> oh, no. It's all like, you know, it's it's like it's a little bit like uh right here, right now by uh Jesus Jones about, you know, like like, oh my god, the cold war is over, you know uh everything's gonna be wonderful from now on, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> my my graduating class, we were like the laziest class in the history of the school and we didn't choose a class anything. Oh, nice. And we also didn't bother yeah, we didn't bother to line up uh, like uh, any speakers, so then a gym coach who had retired the year before ended up being our commencement speaker. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I I'm into that being yeah, <laughs> being our legacy. Yeah, I just finished reading White, and in the part where Brett talks about this movie, uh, he brings up the Bengals cover of Hazy Shade of Winter. It's like one of the only po- positive things he has to say about the movie. He's like, you know what? This is this is still a pretty current sounding cover. Yeah. Like, it's pretty
3: hip. Yeah, I mean the rest of the music sucked. I
0: can't even remember what other songs and were in it this all, movie. It was all like they didn't. It was all
3: just like it was just all the like I can't I can't even think of that. It was mostly just lame eighties pop. But you know the book. Got all that punk rock music in it and everything. And this was like totally just that glitzy 80s standard boring 80s scene, you know, like yeah, any it, yeah, it just
0: any bleh. hints at punk rock sucks. are drained, methodically drained from this movie. <laughs> and I was like shocked. I was shocked that they didn't get a an Elvis Costello song. Because so much is made of Elvis Costello in the book. And there's this song called Less Than Zero.
3: Oh, yeah. Like Elvis Costello did not fit in even slightly with the the sort of like scene they were trying to depict. The scene they were trying to depict were a bunch of young people who were just 100% bought into like all the synth pop late 80s
2: hits. (laughs) Yeah. You know,
3: I mean, I watched it right after I wrote Mm -hmm. the book, but I didn't end up watching it again after I you know learned I'd be talking about you <laughs> I thought about it but I was like oh I got a lot going on I am not sure
0: yeah you don't want to wait when you you don't want to waste any more of your precious time on this planet watching that movie that you had, already I have. had a
3: very good I I had a very good idea of what I thought about the movie yeah. I w- and I was 100% positive I wasn't going to find I, I, I very well might've found more things to criticize, but I know for a fact, I wouldn't have found more things to like.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I honestly, like I've seen this movie several times, like the uh, stars just keep aligning for me to watch this movie. Um, and I feel like I hit, like I hit a, uh, a low with my enjoyment of it a couple viewings back. <laughs> and then my mo- my most recent viewing, I was like, you know what, this is okay. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a terrible adaptation, for sure, one of the worst jobs of adapting something anyone has ever done. But just taking it on its own as like a random 80s teen movie. It's like, okay, that's fine. That's reasonably watchable uh and i think that that's i think that that's as positively as i'm ever gonna feel about this movie (laughs) is like okay that's whatever
3: i don't think it was even as good as like a john you know like a typical john hughes movie not a john hughes pretty in pink club or yeah uh, any you know like i didn't think it was as real or like as uh you know um Edgy yeah. or any of it as his movies, you know? Yeah. And like, and given the source material, it should have been way beyond a John right? Hughes movie, but. It was not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think if you're like comparing this to the eighties teen movies that have kind of stood the test of time and people still talk about them, uh, it's way worse than those, like a John Hughes movie or a fast times at Ridgemont High or whatever. Um, but I feel like if you if you just like pull an eighties teen movie out of a hat like randomly of all the ones that were made, it's like okay, yeah. this is like somehow, this is like better than average.
3: Yeah. If you were somehow Magically able to to uh, uh, recover all these lost '80s teen movies. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like I'm thinking of. Um, for a while, I was trying to watch every uh, Robert Downey or not not every. It was either I was trying to watch every Robert Downey Jr. movie or I was trying to watch every James Bader movie. Um, but I watched this. Uh, what about Patrick Dempsey? <laughs> no thanks. Um, <laughs> but I watched this movie called Tough Turf. Are you aware of that movie?
3: i remember the title i don't think i ever saw it
0: yeah it's like a real nothing movie but i think it might have been james spader's first movie it was one of robert downey jr's first movies and it's like these like pretty boy teen gangs (laughs) like um so when i compare and it's just like nonsense it's a complete waste of time um so when i compare this to something like tough turf i'm like yeah you know what this has characters uh, this is this yeah, has a plot. Yeah. Like, yeah, all right. <laughs> um, so Brad Estenellis hates this movie, as one might expect. Um, yeah. <laughs> one thing he does. One thing he does. Um, talk positively about. Uh, is the set design? Did you have? Did is that something that you have an eye for? Did you like notice it at all? did you have any feelings about the aesthetic of the movie?
3: I didn't find anything particularly visually interesting about the movie that, you know, I don't have a great eye for that. But I do know there are movies that I'm like, wow, this is a very uh, visually interesting movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, it's just a pleasure to watch. And I didn't get any of that feeling. But 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 I got, you know, in fairness, (laughs) I watched it like a very bootleg version <laughs> online that was like the the screen was i couldn't find it any place and like it was like this it would only like open up a little bit on the screen like a small screen within my screen <laughs> and it was kind of blurry <laughs> okay that's so i was not i ideal. was i was i mean i remember like when i watched it way back when thinking it, i think i thought it looked pretty cool but but like it kind of looked like crap to me but like I really was not in a position to judge. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think the like uh the f- photography direction or anything is like very interesting. Like there aren't like there aren't like super great like super well composed shots or like interesting angles or anything um but the set design itself, like the spaces that they're moving around in are I mean I wasn't really there for the 80s um but they really they really capture what i understand to be like the aesthetic of the 80s like it really feels like it's yeah, got a real specific look and the party that i think the the big christmas party is like one of the one of the parts of the set design that brett is the most impressed with uh because it's like this massive party with like there's a room that's just like it's just like igloos and penguins and there are all these like stacked tv sets and they and and he was like there oh there never would be another like i can't remember what he says there's something that he's like never again would it be like that in hollywood but i can't remember what he's talking <laughs> about
3: <laughs> oh man i do know that that uh blair's like cool sleek modern apartment <laughs> uh-huh. like that that w- weirdly designed like s- s- supposed to kind of look like maybe a loft in new york or something mm-hmm. like from the 80s like i that thing ju- that apartment just irritated the hell out <laughs> is of is that
0: the one that's like <laughs> is hers the apartment that's like all when white we're, we're Julian... like white yes, everywhere and, and like billowing Julian... curtains
3: yes the one where julian like goes to uh to like detox you know come down off of the smack
0: that's right
3: and everything and like and then like where they paint in in, like in big she's got like sheets hanging on the walls or something and they paint big letters julian is dead on it or, or whatever when clay comes in before clay rushes to the
1: rescue
0: that's right i forgot about like that that sequence where julian is detoxing and blair and uh blair and claire are taking care of him
3: is and he's in there naked the whole time that's
0: <laughs> yes, right yeah it's just like very like he's just become like their infant child <laughs> and they're these like yeah he's like haggard like exhausted new parents <laughs> um it's very so incredibly far from anything you can find in the book like there's no no one is nurtured or nurtures in the book yeah <laughs> but again kind of like taking it on its own as a movie I was like you know this is like sort of affecting this is like sweet it's kind of, it's corny um but it was uh, it, I felt like it sort of worked mostly probably mostly just maybe mostly just because Robert Downey Jr. is so cute and sad like that was the majority of what made it work
3: I, I mean I think I, I watched I, I watched it like you know this most recent like I said I liked it pretty well when I saw it back in 91 mm-hmm. and then this most recent time I watched it within like 24 hours of having completed the book mm-hmm. and I was all like just getting madder and madder <laughs> as I watched it you know like
0: yeah yeah it is really it is really so, like, insane I <laughs>
3: yeah my i may have had sort of a jaded palate <laughs> at the time i was watching it <laughs> I, maybe i'm slightly harder on it than it deserves to be but um i i can't escape uh the conclusion that it's not a good movie though <laughs>
0: no it's definitely not yeah like when i'm looking for for things to enjoy about it i'm definitely like having to stretch pretty hard oh it,
3: I, I do had something I wanted to say about the book, Lesson Zero. Um that I had like uh, you know, I went back and listened to the podcast that we did, and there was something I a point I had started to make and then like I never got around to making it about a scene that I really liked from the book, uh, which is after like the they see the snuff film and stuff. Um, I think it was actually it was very near the end of the book. It may have been actually I think it was after Clay had even uh, seeing the stuff with the uh, the girl, mm-hmm. um, the 12 year old girl and everything, he goes and he sees Matthew, and Matthew's sitting there all high playing video games. And Matthew's like, I'm thinking about writing this screenplay, man. <laughs> and it's like about this like 14 year old girl, and like these guys are always making her shoot up heroin and have sex and stuff. And like, and like Clay's like, I don't think you could really make a movie with that you know yeah. but it's funny because it's like so basically i mean it was basically like matthew is sort of describing like writing something that was about more or less about what clay had just witnessed mm-hmm.
2: um
3: and clay was all like oh you couldn't write a book about or you couldn't <laughs> write something about that nobody wants that you know right. and uh <laughs> i liked that because it was like he was kind of like acknowledging he was kind of acknowledging uh the sort of uh weird moral position he was putting himself in by writing about the subject you know yeah and like <laughs> yeah i don't know that i i that was just a scene that that i really liked that i had wanted to mention and i had started to mention it and i was like oh i'll get back to it later and i never did mm. so i just wanted to mention that one like i i i liked that scene but like that was like the the uh, that was the main thing i think was a betrayal of the movie to the source material was like just no hint of any complicity on clay's part you know or he's not implicated in anything at all. Right. and the whole point of the book he was like so implicated
0: yeah the, yeah that is like if you could boil the book down to one element like that is it <laughs>
3: That's the main thing that made it interesting is like, you know, it's like, here's this main character and he's just like, and there's all this awful stuff happening and there's nothing being done. The character is doing nothing to like defend himself in your eyes, Harley's like, you know, he's just all like, yeah, I saw all this and I did nothing, you know, yeah. that's who I am. Yeah. <laughs> and he, and like, he doesn't really like, yeah. And the, and the whole the whole this whole movie is all like you know oh wow watch clay just rise to the occasion over and over
0: (laughs) yeah okay well uh any final thoughts anything else you wanted to say about this movie i feel like we've hit on all the big ones the big one being that it's bad (laughs) yeah
3: Yeah, it's bad complete betrayal of the source material (laughs) not just like yeah like it's worse. In, it's worse than lawn. I, I I think it's worse than Lawnmower Man because Lawnmower Man just went off on a tangent. It just had no relation to the
0: source material. It had no relation.
3: <laughs> this this was actively a betrayal yeah. of the source material. It was like it was like okay, I see what you're trying to do, author, and I'm going 100 in the opposite yeah. direction. Yeah. <laughs> as fast as I can, I'm jumping in my little red Corvette and <laughs> driving 100 miles an hour in the opposite direction.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you said it, <laughs> right? Um, Sean, thank you again for being here. Um, uh, my pleasure. Before before I send you off, um, I'd I'd like to give you the opportunity to recommend a, a book to our listeners that is not written by a, a cis white man or you know now we're in the movie now we're in movie town so if you wanted to do a movie that's like di- directed or or written by not a cis white man i'd accept that as well but i think i'm gonna keep doing book recommendations
3: hmm um i well let's see here um Lee Daniels, mm. the the guy who did the produces the TV show, uh, you know Empire. Mm-hmm. He's done a number of films over the years, and I think he's like not all of them are that well known. Uh, there was a movie with uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. and, uh, uh, oh, what's her name the the lady you know who played uh um the Queen,
0: um Helen Mirren.
3: Yes. Helen Mirren. And they play like lovers. (laughs) And it's like, it's a, it's, it's, I think it's called shadow boxer. That was a really interesting movie. And we Daniels like he had this other one paper boy, I believe it's called with Zach Efron and, uh, Oh boy, John Cusack and, um, Tom Cruise's (laughs) ex-wife.
0: Katie Holmes, Nicole Kidman, (laughs) Nicole Kidman.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Um, but like, but that's, that was very good. And like, I liked the butler. Lee Daniels is like, I think he's a very good filmmaker, very interesting filmmaker. And I, he's not unwell known, but I don't think like, uh, he's somebody that everybody has really like taken in his, uh, his, uh, whole
0: filmography.
3: And uh, so I'd give him a, a plug now.
0: Okay, cool. I'll check him out. Yeah, I've not seen any of his movies and when I hear his name, I just think Lee Daniels the butler because for a while you just heard the phrase Lee Daniels I the butler. Lee Daniels is a lot.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I believe Lee Daniels is black and gay, so okay. I, I, <laughs> uh, if I'm if I'm, I'm so I'm trying to stay in the spirit of things, but if I'm wrong about that,
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, For my recommendation, I'm gonna recommend a book that I just finished reading that ties into the Brett Easton Ellis universe uh, somewhat. Uh, it's The Secret History by Donna Tartt, um, and. For anybody who doesn't know, um, Brett wrote Less Than Zero, the novel, in the same novel writing class at, um, I want to call it Camden, that's the fake name, um, at, oh, right. at Bennington College. Um, Brett wrote Less Than Zero in that class, and Donna Tartt was also in that class and wrote The Secret History uh which she went on to get published a couple of years ago a couple of years later um after Brett got lesson zero published uh, they were really good friends um and the secret history is actually dedicated to Brett um the the oh, wow. the dedication is something like to Easton Ellis, whose like kindness and generosity always astounds me or something. It's like it's a really sweet really sweet <laughs> dedication. Um, uh, and it's uh, it's pretty different from from the the style of of Brett Easton Ellis's novels, but it's got a couple elements in common. There's um, wealthy, privileged college students at a liberal arts college in New England that's very clearly based on Bennington. Um, Brett's is called Camden, Donna's is called Hampton. <laughs> um, <Okay. laughs> so it's it's got in common that it's that liberal arts wealthy setting wealthy privileged characters some of whom are kind of uh sociopaths um and and these young these young rich kids get in over their heads with uh get involved in some pretty dark stuff um what it's what's different about between that and the kind of thing that brett writes is it's pretty like plotted like it it could almost be kind of a kind of a mystery novel sort of um uh It's definitely a lot less, a lot, a lot more composed and a lot less kind of like experimental in its structure than Brett's writing. Um, And the character, she takes a lot of time to like really define characters and kind of like psychologically profile characters in a like pretty explicit way. Um, It feels pretty, it kind of feels like it's following in the tradition of like Patricia Highsmith. Um, it feels like there's a lot of like Mr. Ripley in there, a lot of kind of, um, like strangers on a train. Um, yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, it's a long book, but it's a great read, um, really good cast of characters. Um, and yeah, and it's, it's dedicated to Brett. Uh, so, so for any Brett completists, uh, he, he also, um, Brett references the character's of the main characters of the story uh he kind of references them in the rules of attraction so they get a little easter egg so definitely any oh, that's cool yeah definitely any brad Easton Ellis stands need to read uh the secret history by donna Tart, so that's my recommendation cool i gotta check that out yeah all right thank you again for being here pleasure as always thank you <laughs> You can follow the show at Brett.